talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30 plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst right. for Sports Car Market let's, Magazine uh, and American magic, Car Collector Magazine, writer oh, and editor uh, of really? ReadTheDriven.com, <laughs> Brett Hatfield. Let's yeah, put the pedal to the metal. Oh, 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 is on the air. Okay, here we go in three, two, one. Hey, good to be here with you. I'm Catfish Groves. I'm Brett Hatfield. Buckle up and then be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and at RoadMuscleRadio.com for links, uh, our blog, any events we can find that might actually you know stick to the wall for long enough to uh, happen, and of course, our podcast. Now, coming up on this episode of Road Muscle Radio, we're going to talk some real heavy metal donated to the Peterson by Metallica's James Hetfield. If you thought classic cars were a good investment, you're going to be left holding the bag. Oh, God, that's bad. (laughs) Defining the indefinable rat rod and how a cyclone can be a good thing. And in our second segment, Chip Ashby from the Kansas City Auto Museum is going to drop in to catch us up on the KCAM. As a matter of fact, Chip is going to join us as the voice number trois. And uh, here in this segment, welcome, Chip. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for not laughing on Mike. <laughs> the, uh, you know, that's, I, I think that's what mostly happens whenever I tell a joke or try to be funny is that people just don't laugh on Mike. Well, it's... They're it, laughing on the inside. You can see it in their eyes. I'm a laughing on the inside kind of clown. You know, when they roll it, when the eyes are looking up at the ceiling... That just means there's a lot of laughter going on so much it's pushing them. Trust me. Totally something you notice over radio. You know what? Thank you. Thank you very much for having my back on that. So we're going <laughs> to talk all kinds of news and more. First, of course, uh, any movement on the vehicle side, Brett? A little bit, yeah. I, uh, I installed a crappier stereo in my truck this week. <laughs> Is it an hour? No, uh, <laughs> it's, a radio it's, it's another built for Ford FOMO Co unit. Mm. The one that was in there was a CD player that tried to endlessly load CDs that weren't there. Uh. The Phantom Ghost CD. So I swapped it out for one that had a cassette player in it. Now, stick with me. So I could insert one of those little cassette reader deals that will hook it to your phone via Bluetooth, and then I can listen to what I want to listen to. Right. I... I I like that setup. It's cheap, quick, and dirty while I'm putting together components for the stereo I want to build in that truck. <laughs> but uh, while I'm driving, I'm trying to tell my phone, turn on road muscle radio. Turn on road muscle radio. Turn on road muscle radio. And for some reason, Siri thinks muscle sounds like another body part, a lower <laughs> orifice. <laughs> And it keeps spelling out, turn on road a-hole radio. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, there are a few episodes, it's probably not far from Except it, it was spelling out the word, it wasn't using a-hole. I hate Siri. Yeah, thank you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I actually replaced in, the, in my 2008 Silverado, I jerked out that stereo system they had in there along, and you know, that of course took away uh, OnStar and everything else that was with it. But uh, I, I wasn't using it by then anyway. But the uh, the CD player gave up. It just, it crapped out. And I'm like, what? It's been three years? 
So I pulled out this old JVC that had been through three different vehicles. Oh, no. uh, and, you know, it plays the MP3 CDs. Oh, boy. You know, it's that uh, hot as hell 90s technology. And um, got myself the, the adapter kit off of uh, eBay because you could go to, uh, I'm sorry, GM, I really am, uh, Chevrolet dealership here in Olathe. I'm sorry. Uh, you had the plastic adapter kit for like 80 bucks, and I got it for 14 off of eBay. Uh-huh. With you know five bucks shipping, and uh, and I put it in myself, and that's what's been in it ever since. Oh, and I did pull the speakers out of the door. Which okay, now that I blame uh, that they were paper cones glued to the mount, <laughs> mm-hmm. glued to the effing you, mount. I and I'm they're like, getting fancy. At least I glued them this time. Oh, mm-hmm. but it was they were part, just resting on the you know on the cardboard of the door. So. Yeah, it was part of the door. Part of, and I'm like, what the hell? You glued the speakers in. Mm-hmm. So those came out, and I had some piles. Now I left the tweeters in that are on the other side. So yeah, now I got some boom in my room. Mind you, in the in the Harley truck, it doesn't sound great. It sound it's a huge bag of okay. Yeah. But at least I can listen to what I want to listen to when I want to listen to it. Yeah, that's as long as I'm not asking Siri to play it. Well, the one thing that I would like to do, and I know that, wow, Mark, really? That's 2010 tech. Look at you go, big boy. <laughs> um, I really do want to get one of those thumb drive uh, USB ports because I have a lot of, a lot, a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Know and, the feeling. Uh, when I drive, I love listening to music. I, I like listening to podcasts, too, but after a while... You're like, you know, I'm all talked out. I need to be rocked out mm-hmm. or whatever else I like to listen to. And uh, with a, you know, a 128 meg gig or uh, gig drive, yeah, I'll be all right for a while. Hey, I stepped <laughs> all the way up to 1997 technology. Hot I'm damn. way Hot proud damn. of my own self. That's sexy talk right there. <laughs> well, let's get into the news. Um, coming up, uh, Metallica's James Hetfield is going to show off his classic car collection at the Peterson. And what's amazing is he made a donation. This is uh, off of, I got it from a couple of <laughs> websites. One was Hemmings.com and the other was uh, MetalSucks.net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, apparently, Hetfield has a, has a huge collection of classic cars of his own, and he's giving a portion of them to the Peterson Automotive Museum that's in Los Angeles. The museum put out a short preview of Hetfield driving and talking about a couple of the favorite uh, whips, whatever, back in May. Now they've released a 27-minute documentary showing the, the whole gig. Uh, this is not the first time Hetfield has collaborated with the museum. In 2014, along with Nick Mason and Brian Johnson, effing cool, he helped curate an exhibit on the world's greatest sport coupes for the Peterson. Uh, for his recent donation, the Peterson Board of Trustees has named James Hetfield of Metallica a founding member. Now you're like, uh, well, what the, what could be some of these cars? Are they Hetf- just you know? Hetfield has amazing stuff. Oh, so and this is just some of it, not all of it. Uh, going in is and they all have names, which I think is kind of. I, I, I gotta admit, it's kind of cool. I call my truck Big Red. Um, Voodoo Priest, a 1937 Lincoln Zephyr, and the pictures of this thing. If you go onto either of the websites on the Hemmings, uh, actually go to Hemmings because they've got some great pictures of this. Voodoo Priest, 37 Lincoln Zephyr, Slow Burn, a 36 Auburn Roadster. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's an original. Really? It's, it's not a remake. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Um, it's he- tasty. Hetfield's got, you know, godlike money. So <laughs> you can afford to do this. He's got those. money, Talica. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aquarius, a ni- whatever. A 1934 Packard. Yeah, baby. Iron Fist, a 1936 Ford. Then there's Straight Edge, and that's eight with a eight. 
Edge. Mm-hmm. A 1956 Ford F100. Kind of fun. Speaking Black- my language there. There you go. Black Pearl 48 Jaguar MK4 with a body by Marcel Delay. Is French. Mm-hmm. Delay? Yes. Several times in this car. Uh, skyscraper. A 19- oh, <laughs> uh, you can't see the look I just got. 1953 uh-huh. Buick Skylark. Crimson Ghost, 37 Ford, and a 1961 Lincoln Continental. Now, he's, uh, he's had several American Festival double headline dates scheduled for 2020, as well as a South American tour, but all those have been canceled or postponed because of COVID. And the band's taking advantage of downtime by writing new music while one of the members continues his rehab efforts. And, uh, you know. Good on him for yeah, that. Yeah, good on him. And also, thank you, James, for sharing your toys and putting it at the Peterson. I think that's so cool. From Tatler.com and also RobReport.com, we've got a list of possible investments. Now, let's see. If you had a choice of these four, which would you pick as being okay. the best possible investment? Classic cars, art, mm. whiskey. Oh, I just uh, can't have that as an investment. And <laughs> ladies' handbags. Uh, I would think it would be art because I've seen so many of these things. It, and I'm sorry, I know this sounds really dark. But if the artist dies, you're going to make a buck. Yeah. Well, they, they, they rarely make money while they're alive. It's always after they're gone. Yeah. Uh, I would always gravitate towards classic cars. I can't invest in whiskey unless I'm pouring it down my throat. <laughs> but ladies' handbags is what is currently the top moneymaker among those four collectibles. The top investment? Top investment. What? Among those four. Ladies' handbags, according to the Times. <laughs> A newly published report by Art Market Research. I hate this article already. Uh, It's just so (laughs) aggravating. And there's a personal hook in here, too, I'll tell you about in a Uh sec. Uh Uh-oh. According to the Times, a newly published report by Art Market Research has revealed that luxury and vintage handbags now outperform art, classic cars, and rare whiskey in terms of their increase of value over time. That's oh, not shocking at all. It's not the end of the world, but we can see it from here. <laughs> luxury goods never luxury goods have always increased in value all throughout history. Yeah, but now you, we're getting into the other side of what I do. But you would th- you would <laughs> oh, think yeah, it would we be... got the artist oh, the, art, uh, the historian dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me about medieval handbags. How 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 worthy are those? Huh? There's huh? I mean, they're still around, but that's because we're <laughs> we're looking at those luxury items from four, five, six, seven, a yeah. thousand years ago. True. We're not looking at the stuff everybody carried. We're not looking at the crap they went and got at Walmart that day. Oh, yeah. no. We're looking at the, the, the handmade by the best artisans, by the best, you know, metalsmith, jewelers, whatever it was of that time. Well, let's talk about let's of, talk about not the Walmart world. <laughs> the iconic crocodile skin Himalaya Birkin by Hermes, mm-hmm. uh, for example, is often deemed the most collectible handbag in the world. The report found that Birkin bags increased in price by 42% on average last year, almost double that of the 23% rise for Banksy artworks. Good Lord. But that you Action know, Comics number one still go for like $4 million? Well, that's because it's cool. Yeah. And it was never meant to survive. <laughs> no, it's on newspaper print. The, uh, well, Birkin bags, I mean, okay, so they went up 300 or 42% and this and that. I mean, they can't be that much money. In the years since 2010, average values of Colt Hermes uh, Kelly handbags, meanwhile, have risen 129%. Nice. Art Market Research stated that the Hermes handbags attracted eye-watering prices last year, with their value increasing by as much as 300% within only 
months. That's about how much a new car goes down in value once it rolls off the lot. Well, once I got a loan on it, that's... Uh, so what's this crap mean? <laughs> According to Chrissy's, one of these things sold at auction in 2016 for $300,000. A handbag. Yep. $300,000 handbag. Christie's Auction House hosts seven live online auctions dedicated solely to bags oh, wow. every year. I just, that's so so in, the, in, the world, in the word of the immortal Slim Pickens from Blazing Saddles, I am depressed. I think part of the problem is the three of us are all uh, are, are fashion inept. Oh, uh, what, looking at me? What, you know? Hey. Oh, you got cargo shorts. I got cargo shorts on. I, I, got, I got beat up khakis. You're wearing jeans. We all three are wearing T-shirts. Mine's probably the expensive one because it says Harley on it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah we're, we're so, all we're all paragons of the. We're fashion talking out world. our butts, <laughs> freely admitted. All right, at HotRod.com, they've got an article defining a rat rod, and I thought this was kind of a fun thing to be able to talk about because defining a rat rod is uh, what I would consider a dangerous vocation in the first place. But uh, I thought they did a fairly good job, and most of it's. Honestly, uh, it's a mix of fact, opinion, and bloviation. So, uh, uh, but I thought it was interesting. With most of the terminology, most of the terminology used in hot rodding uh, today, definition of a rat rod is not precise. So, they kind of went over what could it be and and who kind of started it. So, who invented the term rat rod? Uh, the phrase is a spinoff of rat bike, according to this article. Referring to custom motorcycles built on the cheap, there is uh, the late Gray Baskerville, was a hot rod rider, is said to have been the first person to use the word. He was a uh, hound. To, uh, to uh, hot rods, to call them rat rods. Now, when did rat rods first appear? The earliest rat rod, or the earliest hot rods were uh, home built. They were rough, low budget, and like rat rods, sneered at by other automotive enthusiasts because, you know, they weren't so shiny and pretty. They were kind of down home. Difference is that those cars weren't intentionally built to be fast. Many rat rods seem to be purpose-built to get a reaction. And uh, I, I can't really argue with that statement in there. If you've ever been to Greaserama here in Kansas City, and I've been multiple times over the past 10, 10 12 years, um, there are cars out there that you just stop and you need to just kind of look at for a you while. You've got to take them in. You've got it's There's so much going on and there's knobs and pokey things and doll parts and and there's a you know a tea kettle for an air breather and what the hell is going on here and uh, you're just walking through this kind of a carnival house with a massive engine that can get down the road and get a license stuck onto it i love them i think it's i think it's awesome david freiberger and he would know he's been with hot rod magazine forever and a day and he's also one half of the of the guys on roadkill yeah it's finnegan and freiberger David Freiberger places the birth of the modern rat rod trend at about 25 years ago, starting with high-end, high-tech rods with smooth, you know, sheet metal and modern drivetrains and the happy chassis and modern interiors, all the billet. And critics of this style objected to the fact that these cars obliterated everything that identified their heritage. Mm -hmm. So their reaction was the resurgence of traditional-style hot rods, which the kind of more extreme wing of that was rat rods, which... Almost after, you know, you read that and you start thinking logically through it, and you're like, well, wait a minute. So if rat rods are kind of an extreme thing that kind of obliterate a lot of the history, 
I don't know. Help, help I, with it. Just go with it. Just go with it, man. I, I think it's. I, I think that's a great write up of it because it is. It is totally an organic response. The pendulum swinging to the other side after the you know mid nineties, late nineties street rod craze. Well, yeah. I mean, how many thirty four fours of small block Chevys and fat fenders and suicide doors with a tweed bench seat and the scorpion steering wheel and, and really, Trimic five speed in it, you know. And really, the guy who took that to its nth degree was Boyd Coddington. Yes. Uh, everything was billet. Everything was polished. Everything Bill was smooth. Don't get me wrong. They, no, no, no. They're, they're he, he made, rides, he like made amazing stuff. incredible hot rods, but they weren't really hot rods anymore. They were street rods, and then they got to be resto mods uh, when you had modern drivetrain, modern suspension, yeah. modern brakes, nice wheels, and everything else. And It no longer looked like anything some guy could build at home. No, you're absolutely correct. The resto rod, resto mod is the yeah total evolution of the yeah. street rod. And, and I'm not knocking that. Lots of guys do it, and you, we've seen amazing results come out of that. Oh, I'd still love to have a 32 Ford with a yeah. small oh, block oh, in it. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, not, I drive that. <laughs> I'm not knocking it, but I understand where the rat rods came from. Let's get back to where we started. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they took that and turned it into a bit of an art form. One of my favorite things to see on rat rods, and uh, it's been done a lot, but it still gives me a smile every time I see it. You'll see some previous metal damage or a seam that's been welded, and then the guy will go back with wire and make it look like the thing's got stitches oh, yeah. across it. A zip stitch like an old, wound, yeah. an old wound. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I love to see guys use like old faucet handles <laughs> for knobs and stuff in cars or for a radiator cap. And I just, I, I think the creativity that comes out of those rat rods is amazing. And I think there's a real place for it. Beer kegs as fuel cells. That's always a good one. That's fantastic. There was one guy that I had to go up and touch it <laughs> because it was a beer keg with a, you had the pump up on top and, uh, you really, really wanted it to be a tap. Well, it was, <laughs> it was sitting in ice Oh, really? And I had to touch the ice to realize it was oh, oh, fake. Oh, 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 we, like, oh. Dude, no, we saw that guy. That guy was down at Ottawa a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the, uh, it was it was the the uh, surf truck from the Wanahaka oh, yeah, surf that, shop. Yeah, he had his own version. <laughs> yeah, it was a, what was it, an old Coleman cooler that yeah. uh, had his uh, his battery in it? And yeah, then yeah. There, and it was just, it was tacked into the back. Cool. Very so, cool vehicles. Very much a, a great place for those. And a cool article if you're kind of looking to... Uh, put a, a bookends around the difference between rat rods, hot rods, street rods, that sort of thing. Now it goes on to talk about other things. Does, the tr- does traditional styling make it a rat rod? Does patina and or flat paint make it a rat rod? Which, no. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to get into it here, but me and patina, we kind of, we, we dance. That was a girl you used to date. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you knew her, Pat. Yeah, yeah. She's a sweetheart. But, uh, you know, what isn't a real rat rod? Now, that was kind of cool, too. There are pictures on this, by the way. So if you go to hotrod.com and look up what is a rat rod, you'll be able to see these. Because I really liked, they had several pictures and then kind of went over the vehicles uh, to say whether they thought it was a rat rod or not, which really worked well. Just a couple. There was uh, one, a, a uh, it had front hairpins, rear split wishbones, chop top, satin paint. Pie crust by supply tires on painted steelies, center caps, blah, 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 blah. It was a Ford Model A coupe, and they thought they said, no, it's not a fit. They don't see it as a rat rod because it has a 50-style traditional rod uh, and meant to identify with that, not so much as a, oh, my God, this is my whole new creation. Look at this monster, which I enjoy. 
You know, for me, I think rat rods are kind of like when Congress just, uh, tried to define pornography. <laughs> I can't define it, but I know what it is when I see it. <laughs> I know it when I see it. Depends upon what the meaning of pornography is. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. What the meaning of is. Is. <laughs> exactly. Go look at that and, and check it out on your own because I think that's kind of, it's a fun article, plus it has cool pictures. So, from carbuzz.com comes to us some news about GMC. Well, not GMC necessarily, but a possible repeat of the GMC Cyclone. Oh. You remember those little S10 pickup in the 90s, early 90s, that they stuck a uh, a board out, Buick Grand National engine in, 4.3 liter turbo, and then hooked it up so it powered all four wheels, and the thing would launch harder than a Ferrari uh, 348? <laughs> you know, I can honestly say, uh, up until this uh, this article, I had never heard of one. Really? Oh, they were they Never were heard of it. they were a cool car for me growing up. That and the the, the cyclone? cyclone and the typhoon, the yeah. SUV oh, yeah, version yeah, yeah. of it. Oh yeah, I've got I have the car and driver at home that has the front on view of the 348 next to the cyclone, yeah, and they there. drag raced yeah. them, and the cyclone stomped that Ferrari through the quarter. <gasps> it was faster than the Ferrari through the quarter. So yeah, cool hot rod trucks. Sign me up. <laughs> so it looks like. Uh, well, from what they were saying, the original Cyclone, I'm, I'm bragging it up here, hit 0 to 60 in 4.3 seconds. Good God for a truck. That's retina flattening. <laughs> That's 30 years ago. How do you do That's that? That's so quick today. Oh, my God, yeah. That's faster than my Harley truck, markedly. <laughs> <laughs> and that Harley is not a slouch. Way to go, GMC. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so a high-performance, it was just a high-performance version of GMC Sonoma, which was just an S10. And they made the Cyclone in 1991, and then in 1992 and 93, they made a S10 Blazer into the Typhoon. And like I said, powered by that 4.3 liter V6 that came from the Buick Grand National, and they bored it out a little bit. Now, 2021 GMC Cyclone High Performance Truck, based on a 2021 GMC Canyon midsize, uh, you're going to be able to lay your hands on one of these but it's not going to be a 4.3 liter. It's going to have 750 <laughs> horsepower. Oh God. God love you. Uh, it's a supercharged 5.3 liter V8 uh, that's running mammoth power to all four wheels, just like the original did. And uh, along with the 750 horses, the motor cranks out 600 pound feet of torque. Oh, my God, to all four. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> I just love the thought of this. Sexy. The L83 V8 in its basic form does duty in the likes of the GMC Yukon and Chevy Suburban, but you slap a supercharger on it <laughs> and upgraded injectors and cylinder heads and an upgraded eight-speed automatic. Eight speed, hot damn. Uh, and although no performance claims are made, it will obviously destroy the canyon off the line. Uh it's got some exterior treatments too: twenty-inch forged wheels, uh, lowered suspension, composite hood insert, yeah, yeah. dual tailpipes for the stainless steel exhaust system. Nice. Uh, if the sound, if the Cyclone sounds like the kind of truck for you, you better save up a couple oh of bucks, God, yeah. and you better sign up soon. Uh, they're only going to make fifty examples of them. It could be the perfect weapon for hunting down uh, Ford Raptors, as long as the <laughs> battle doesn't head off the asphalt. Uh, it's worth pointing out that the new Cyclone is not emissions legal in California, so you people on the left coast won't be able to lay your hands on it. Uh, and there it can only be used as part of a dedicated motorsport racing event. You know, I'd pay a dollar or two to watch that thing burn all four off. 
Oh, dude, I'd pay 200 bucks just to do it. I saw that happen one time in my life, like in person, like for real out on a street where there, it's not set up to be a drag strip or anything. Uh, I, I was, we used to cruise town in, in Branson, Missouri. Mm-hmm. I was 16, and my buddy Paul was 17. He had a 1965 Mustang Fastback that we treated poorly. And we'd gone and parked, and we're sitting talking to people, and a bunch of police cars went racing by, right? Sirens blaring, etc. And come to find out, rumor went around town like wildfire. There, a truck had rolled out on Highway 65, and it was a diesel truck. It was carrying diesel fuel. Oh, so they they were you know a holes and elbows to get out there and uh, and start marking stuff off because it was kind of a dangerous situation. So let's talk about dangerous situations when we knew the cops were out of town. Every four <laughs> seconds, you heard somebody peeling their tires. I mean, honest to God, it sounded like a bunch of ducks getting squished. Cause, <laughs> and this guy pulls up where we're sitting, and there's a group of us lined up, and we're all leaning against hoods and trying to be cool. And he's got, I think it was a, was it the C10? The big, big yep. old Chevy, yep. big well, long bed. Yep. Would have been a K10 if it was all four tires. It was all four. Okay, K10. The uh, the guy had it kind of jacked up too. And he's like, hey, check it out. And he gets it into uh, all four. four low. And all of a sudden, <laughs> and these big, huge mutter tires are just smoking. And he's laughing. We're laughing. And then we hear this. Like what the hell? And oh, you know what we, the hell? We just got missed by the uh, the drive shaft when it snapped <laughs> and burst into about three pieces and went flying off in multiple directions. And then there was the clinking of it on the pavement. And he drove he drove it away in front wheel drive. Yeah, it's front it's front load. <laughs> uh, you, you still got one drive shaft left. Yeah. Um, in fact, I've seen something very very similar to that. First year at McPherson. Of course. <laughs> uh, Tom, if you're listening, I'll never forget this one. Uh, guy at school had one of the old Chevy OBS long bed. Uh, I, I assume three-quarter ton K20, four-wheel drive with the Chevy 6.2 in it, which was a, a god-awful diesel engine. But Tom had built the hell out of this thing and had a lot of speed parts from Banks Turbo. And could put it in four-wheel drive and smoke all four of them, leaving the light. <laughs> and uh, really, really impressive and a really fast truck for what it was. So I've seen it, too. I still want to trap myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was awfully fun. Well, there you go. There's the news. And you can find links to these stories and more on our blog at RoadMuscleRadio.com. Now, coming up in our second segment, Chip Ashby is actually going to talk more. He's from the Kansas City Auto Museum, and he's going to catch us up on events, how we can enjoy the museum, how we can display our rides there, and how it's looking for the rest of 2021, you know, if Captain Trips doesn't decide to show up again. So all this and more, hang tight. It's coming up on Road Muscle Radio. We're back with Road Muscle Radio. You can find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook. And, you know, if you know somebody we should talk to, send us an email at driver at roadmuscleradio.com or a place we should talk to. We had so much fun last week talking with uh, Fastlane Classic Cars. 
Oh, yeah. Out of St. Louis. And David was awesome. And you know what, David and gang, thank you. Because he shared it on uh, Fastlane Classic Cars, linked to the podcast. It drove a few listens our way. Dude, that was, I'm like, oh, my God, look at all these people looking at our pictures and staring the stuff. And it's just awesome. And David was a truly nice guy. Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, plus, cool cars. Oh, my God, candy yeah, store. Yeah. Can you imagine going to work and doing that every day? I could so imagine that. Hey, Dave, I could so imagine that. FYI, Can you imagine being distracted for 8 to 10 hours a day every day? Yeah, on something cool, that would be nice. I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. I can't talk to you. Pretty car. too cool. Pretty car. Uh, So if you know somebody or something that we should talk about, yeah, just send us an email, driver at roadmuscleradio.com. Now, Brad and I and our good friend Corey Pratt from YouTube's Craving Cars got to chat with Chip Ashby a few months ago on our brother podcast, Driven Radio Show. Chip was managed to talk him into coming back. I know. (laughs) (laughs) This poor kid. Sucker. (laughs) What message? You free? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Chip is the community programs and resource coordinator at Kansas City Auto Museum. He graduated UMKC with a degree as a medievalist. Correct. Medieval studies. And in film and media studies. So when Chip says he's about to go medieval on your ass, he means it. <laughs> I, I'm curious. He's uh, trained. <laughs> I, I'm, other than working at the uh, museum, I'm surprised one of the big medieval firms hasn't hired you away yet. <laughs> oh, there's so many of them. <laughs> Are you getting hostile takeovers? I mean, there's nothing more medieval than that. <laughs> Silly English connectors. Chip digs older imported motorcycles, long walks on the beach, and talking on podcasts. Welcome, Chip, to Road Muscle Radio. I don't mind walking on the beach. It's very lovely at it's sunset. Lovely. Sometimes you like to ride older imported motorcycles on the beach. Absolutely. Doggone it. And God love you for it. I've got an old scrambler it. I'm working on right now. Now, so. Chip, we, oh. we, we've got to do it. CL-175. Mm. That's too fun. Yeah. We also got to, uh, we, have, we were talking just before we got to recording here, segment two. Um, uh, your radio the voice guy that you did while you were <laughs> in college at UMKC with the wonderful Angela Elam, uh, who I adore. Uh, what was the name of, what was your on-air name there? Tiger? Oh, it was a, it was a play on uh, Kurt Russell from Escape from New York. Great. Uh-huh. I believe it was, I believe uh, Kurt Pliskin was my... That is uh, awesome. Was my FM morning DJ name. That you, is awesome. And you said you did an FM DJ voice? Yeah, uh, you're... Come on. No, I haven't done, I'll, I'll I haven't do, done my warm-ups. We I'll, got, we got, I'll do mine if you do yours. Come on. I was Mark after Dark Summers. Mark after Dark Summers? Yeah. Uh, Mark uh, after I gotta remember, Dark. What was the phrase? I had a phrase I used to get into character. Um, Silly Knigget. Silly Knigget. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the voice for people oh, on the spot. It was Snake Pliskin. It wasn't down here. It wasn't down here. It was oh, what? No, I caught a lot of crap from my voice because it was way up in my head, so it was way more effeminate. <laughs> It was way up here, guys, and welcome to this morning's show. Yep, that's, yep. What, that's what we did when we were young. The first air shift I ever did on FM. I'd been doing AM for a while, and I really wanted to get on FM. It was a top 40 station, KCMQ97, Columbia's hottest FM. So uh, I finally got to do a Friday night to Saturday morning shift. Ooh. I, was, I, I was like shaking. I was so Friday nervous. Friday night graveyard. I got off my air shift at the country music station uh, at midnight. I went right over to the FM station, which was a po- you know eight steps away, and uh, got in, put my headphones on, and it was Mark and Lindsay at KCMQ ninety seven. My voice was up so high, I am not lying. I am, and I'm not even exaggerating. By six a.m., my voice was gone. Ooh. 
I had pushed it so hard. Oh, boy. I burnt the cassette. Because <laughs> after I listened to it, and I didn't get to be on the air again there for another probably four or five months until I calmed my young butt down. Nobody else can hear this. But, uh, you know, then I got my patois, and it was Mark in the Dark. But anyway, all right, so enough of that. Uh, <laughs> now now that I've had a chance to talk about me, let's talk about you, I made you, a mistake Chip. telling you I used that voice. No, no, that wasn't a mistake at all. No, that, we actually want you to do the lead-in for the show. We're going to use it every week. Right, That's yeah. what I call leverage, Chip. <laughs> all right, uh, the Kansas City Auto Museum is open, thank God. Uh, what has changed about, you know, when we go to visit it, how do we approach it, et cetera, et cetera? Because it's a little different than it, than, it, than it was pre-COVID. When you get to the door, they wrap you entirely in bubble wrap. <laughs> it's not impossible. <laughs> no, it's, we, we are open to the public. Uh, we were doing, doing it by appointment only, but as of July, we are no longer doing that. So you awesome. can just still walk in. Um, you know, Kansas, as of Friday of this week, is requiring masks if you're indoors. So we are going right. to... You know, request that everybody wears a mask and just obey social distancing. We've got things marked out on the floor. Don't crowd everybody. Leave each other room. We've there are a couple of things we had to take off the floor because they were oh you yeah. know very tactical or we wanted you to be involved and touch it and stuff. So there there are a couple of things, but for the most part, we are as normal as we can be, and we still get to come in. And now that's so great that. Uh uh, you know, I didn't have a problem with calling in and making reservations, but now you can just kind of go, dude, you know what you want to do this weekend? Let's, let's go to the car museum. Okay. Tell grab your mask. Let's roll. Tell me Cars and Coffee is coming back. Sometime. Cars and Coffee That's... is coming back July oh. 4th. Yes. Yes. Cars again, and Coffee and free dog nuts. Again, we ask, you know, wear masks, just respect social distancing, just be aware of, you know, the time we're living in. I'm betting the donuts will probably be not there because that is a mutual reach-in-a-box thing. Correct. Yeah, donuts and coffee are not going to okay. be there. So it's, it's cars and Cars and cars. coffee? No. Cars and caffeine, <laughs> if you like to be crumb. Yeah, oh, yeah, something else. Cars and cacking? Um, well, at least it'll still be the chance to get together, bring your own vehicles, spend a morning, uh, and, you know, socially distancing being social yeah, but you still get to come hang out with the Kansas yeah. City car community. See, you know, you can see the museums open to the public for free at that time. Come see our Impalas we have in this month. Speaking of, or no, uh, July will be Military Month. We'll have the military be yes. by then. Uh, cool. No, I. It's my understanding they're going to have a Jeep or two and a couple of other really cool vehicles, and it's all you're resetting that all. Uh, actually, this will be playing. This will be available on July fourth. So, so oh, we that, should have it in, but yes, we should be all set up by then. Oh, that's wicked cool. We, change, we rotate out that portion in the museum every month. Any military bikes? You know, that's a good question. It's I a great question. I didn't have much to do with curating this particular exhibit, so I'm not entirely sure what all we're going to have on display. I'll keep my fingers crossed. We've had some in the past. It's my understanding they're going to have one of those big, you know, uh, six-wheeled trucks oh, with, cool. with a Hellcat in it. <laughs> I'm totally BSing. I have no idea. <laughs> there is some aftermarket company that makes like a six by six Jeep with a like a yeah, Hemi in it or something. It's like two hundred grand. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, bring it on. You know, it's it's no purse. It's, it's still a Chrysler <laughs> on the inside. Comes with comes with a free purse. Comes with a free purse. Are Hismies Hermes? Uh, all right, so diversification uh, is important. Cars and coffee. <laughs> speaking of, you had it uh, a week or so ago. Uh, at Bar K, Correct. which in Kansas City, Bar K is basically, it's a dog lounge. It's a dog park where humans can buy beer in the center of it. 
which is awesome. Which is great. How did that go? Because I, I, I love the idea of it, the different idea of it. It went really well. Uh, it was cool. what, just a couple night, couple days ago, it was Sunday morning, uh, there at Barquet down at the riverfront. And we had a really great turnout. We had a bunch of really cool stuff. We had a, somebody had imported a Suzuki Cappuccino. So you get to see a tiny little K sports car from Japan. We had a new for McLaren. a car coffee. I thought you were actually talking about no. like a coffee maker. I swear to God, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. No, no it's, it's a it's little a car that's about this big. Yeah, nice. I think they're what they're. It's a K car from Japan, so they're limited to like 650 cc's. I thought it was 700, but it, seven, it's so really like small. Cylinder. Yeah, my motorcycle makes more power than it does, but <laughs> and, and has more. It has more cylinders and more. I think cubic inches. Too. Yeah. Uh, Displacement was what I was looking for there. Well, it's but no, it was a great. We, yeah, we had a great turnout. Sorry to cut you off there. And you're right; it was a really cool dichotomy to have the cars and the dogs, and you get to see. Yeah, come strut your mud. Well, you know, people not afraid to have the cars around their dogs, and vice versa. As the community programs and resource coordinator, you know, I I know this was under your umbrella. Uh, what, what do you like? What do you do with the public as the community outreach person? And what would you like to see more of being done? In terms of my job specifically, I do you know all of those events, the the bar cave event we did, cars and coffee. We've got oddballs and securities coming up here in a couple months. A great car show on July nineteenth of this month. Um, registrations open online. You know, I'm involved with all of those. I'm, uh, you know, doing things like this, coming out and talking to you guys. Yeah, so forced to come on podcasts. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Work, you know, and then also, like, you know, during our downtime when we were closed with quarantine, we, you know, I was putting together, uh, helping put together our junior docent program, which is where, you know, we're teaching teenagers, hopefully next year, about, uh, you know, how to about engines and how to work on engines using an air-cooled Japanese motorcycle as the example. Of nice. course. Valves are valves, cams are cams, pistons are pistons. doesn't matter yeah. if it's a parallel twin or a V12. It's the same principles. Um, so it, developing things like that. And then in terms of the resource coordination, you know, we're, we're a medium-sized museum. You know, hope we're growing every day, and we're hoping to grow here in the next few years quite, quite largely. That's a word. Uh, bigly. Getting all bigly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's still there's so many hats I wear. So sometimes I'm I'm moving sandbags from one side of the building to the other, and scrubbing floors, and cleaning countertops, and you know, putting crates together for things we sold on eBay. And it's hands on. Yeah, it's very hands on. So nice. it's, it's it's a lot of you know, like coordinating resources. Like I said, sometimes that's moving sandbags. Now the great car show is coming up. I'm already registered. Of course, it's going to be the hit of the show when I show up. But you need to tell everybody else about uh, where that's happening, when it's happening, and what to look for. Sure. Well, it, uh, July 19th at the World War One Memor- at Liberty Memorial downtown. Yeah. They're right across from Union Station. We work with them. They're a lovely group who let us use their front lawn to park a bunch of cars on every And year. it's a beautiful lawn. And it's big. It's and it's big. Long. It's big. We had uh, a long, long. we had close to 400 reg- uh, registered last year. Or 400 show up. We had more than that registered. Um, this year, things are a little different. No voting, unfortunately. Uh, you know, no awards because we don't really have a way to do that in a sanitary manner. Uh, but registration is available online as of right now. So as much fun as it is to have Chip Ashby back and put him on the spot and interview him and hear about all the great stuff that's going on at the museum, this is still my favorite question. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? 
I know my dad's going to listen to this. So, uh, I'm not sure that story. You're out of college. What can he possibly do? So, Dad, I heard about a friend of mine who had a car just right. like ours. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Come on. Spill it. It's just us. <laughs> What's the dumbest thing? I mean, honestly, I'm, I've, I've never been really that crazy because I always drove things that were loud or shiny or how my truck was gold with a silver metallic flake in it and it had 18 inch chrome wheels on it and you know ran low 13s like oh wow it was so i me driving like a jackass on the street i was i was already enough of a red flag to cops i yeah, wasn't yeah, worth gi- getting a ticket giant neon it. sign over your head <laughs> right says, hey dig me what's the stupidest right. thing you ever did you, you know you painted your truck gold and put no silver no that was <laughs> that was a ford color it was it. that was a ford color it's called harvest wheat Wheat. It was ava- yes, it was yeah, available that, on there. That just made that story so much better. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, I mean, there have been plenty of you know. Uh, this bike doesn't have tags on it, not titled yet, and that's a cop. So I'm just going to drop the gear and go that way. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's that's most of my stories. Is uh, like, I'm I'm a, yeah. I, I'm a big proponent of breaking one law at a time. And, <laughs> Sometimes I'm doing more than that. So, yeah, what's your, yeah. where's your Understood. sense of adventure? Yeah. <laughs> in my in my billfold. Uh-huh. <laughs> Understood. Well, Chip is definitely a person who knows cars, uh, knows the history of them, and knows how to put bikes and cool stuff together. You can contact Chip at KansasCityAutoMuseum.com. Uh, they have a place for you to message them. By the way, on the uh, on the website on the contact us page. Plus, you can call at nine one three three two two forty two twenty seven. Uh, the museum is just a few miles from where either Brett or I live. Right I, here in I love that. The car doesn't even get warm before you get there. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still cold in the winter when I get there and arrive mm-hmm. for hot coffee and donuts. Um, the museum is just a few miles away. Hit up the website. Get the details. Check out this place. Chip, thank you so much for joining us Thanks today. Thanks for having me. I pr- appreciate you letting us use you for a verbal pin cushion. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and thank you for sharing your time with us as we yak about grease, gears, and cool car stuff. Nothing like going on a fun ride, especially when you've got good friends to join you. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio, at RoadMuscleRadio.com, and on Twitter. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. We'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio. Road Muscle Radio.